It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Tuesday, June 23rd, 2020. Moving right along here in the month of June. I can't believe we'll be in July before you know it. Uh, We're rolling right along with our shows. Big thank you to uh, everyone who's participated on the program recently. Had a great episode yesterday with Jeff Andrews. It was a lot of fun catching up with him. If you haven't had a chance already, go back and uh, give a listen. Fun times uh, chatting and catching up with him, the former former minor league umpire and former partner of mine in spring training of 2011 and 2012. We're 3,000 miles away, but uh, still very good friends, and uh, it was great catching up with him. So as always, you can check out all our episodes on the Get Home Safe podcast anytime. They're all up there still. We are uh, approaching our 70th episode here soon. So uh, we've stacked together quite a few in the last few months, and and we're really proud of that. Um, You know, I have a background in officiating and umpiring, refereeing. And so I have this, I guess, this, uh, oh, man, it's like a, I hate hearing complaining, right? When I was a player, when I was a coach, yeah, we all were competing and, and, you generally complain. (laughs) That's just what you do. But that's one thing I really learned from officiating was that everyone's got something to complain about and you have a tough time really pleasing everybody. That was a job that was very much in the middle. I never cared who won, who won the game. Excuse me. Who never, never cared who won the game, but you at times could never please anybody. And I kind of feel that way these days, the way things are going in society. Like I'm sure there's plenty of legitimate complaints and feelings, but it's taken such a turn right now. And there's so many, there's so many complaints. I mean, that are just tearing down so much of our country right now. I mean, the, these are not discussions. These are literally tearing stuff down. And there's an argument to be made whether certain things should be up or not. But we can't just go around tearing stuff down just because. I don't know. That, those, are, those are my thoughts. I mean, I've seen some things. And we're really going to get into this tomorrow, I think, with, with our uh, segment with Bill Barnes. Our episodes on Wednesdays with him generally go a little different direction. We talk a lot about current events, really. But I just... I will always listen as an official. I always wanted to listen to people. Okay. You have a gripe. You're trying to win a game. You're displeased with something. I will listen to you. But when you cross a line, okay, now I'm probably not going to listen to you. So that was my take as like an official, an umpire. Like even if heated situations, there's still a way to carry yourself. Because even if you're right about something and you don't carry yourself accordingly, I'm probably not going to listen to you. 
So, okay, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there saying, oh, Matt, well, how can, if someone's right and this is justified and this and that, okay, but approach is everything. I mean, if you have an issue with your boss at work, do you go in hot? Do you go in screaming and yelling? Probably not, unless you're ready to uh, uh, have a, you know, reap the consequence. So approach is everything. You guys in relationships, I mean, when you talk to your to your young lady, to your wife, uh, women out there, to you, to your husband, I mean, there's an approach and there's times to maybe be a little more heated, but it seems like right now in society, it's just 100 miles an hour, no, no room for discussion. If you're not with us, you're against us, uh, tear it all down, burn it all down. And, and I think that's, I've, I've said it the past couple of weeks here, that, that's kind of dangerous. I mean, <laughs> where does it end? Because to me, it's, it's not about where does it end for some people. It's okay, on to the next thing. And to me, that's just a very destructive behavior when we are trying to be in this productive uh, moment of, of, of time right now. And um, I, I just, I wish we would build things up more than, than just destroying them. Again, there's, there's conversations to be had for some of the things that are, are on display in America. However, I, I just, this, this mob mentality and it's not just the people physically doing it. It's on social media. It's everywhere. It's just very divisive. And I don't know how much help it's it's going to cause. I don't know how productive some of these things are. But that was my thought today with just officiating. Like I was, I was always a guy who was had to be this neutral party. And I heard complaints from people that had absolutely, uh, <laughs> they they had no right or they had no. What they were complaining about was completely wrong. And then I've, I've heard people who absolutely had something to complain about. They were totally justified in something. But again, both of those situations, it's all about the approach and how you go after something. So I don't know if that makes sense to you guys, but that's just a, my thoughts today as a sports official and, and kind of trying to make sense of all this. I, I really am. Because I see so much hatred out there today. It's it's a, it's a sad time, and I've tried to talk with people, and not just on this podcast, but just talk and try to learn a little bit. Um, but everyone is just in this quick rush to uh, post something that is three pages long as a comment or something or. Uh, you just explode on you with their opinions and their emotions. And it's like, Whoa, okay. Well, I don't know. I just, I don't understand being emotional about something. You you can obviously tell people are upset and people are emotional, but we cannot begin to listen to each other and make any progress (laughs) uh, until we kind of, you know, get light the not light the fires. Uh, try to, uh, you know, get get the fires out. We we can't just continue on this destructive path, or there just won't be anything productive done. Uh, those are my thoughts <laughs> today. I'm not trying to preach, guys. I'm just trying to express to you what I feel, my general thoughts of today. And uh, you know, we're in a tough time. I, I feel for so many people out there, and in, in, in every city, every state. I mean. The country is just totally on edge right now, and I hope here in the upcoming summer months that we can 
turn some things around here. Find some common ground. That would be nice. That would really, really be nice. Another random thought this morning is, you know, on the goofier side of things, think about sports fans. Every sports fan of every team, they think their team suffers more than other teams. As an example, uh, the Browns, the Cleveland Browns, the New York Jets, yes, the Los Angeles Rams, all these teams, all these fan bases think, oh, you don't know what it's like to be a Rams fan. You don't know what it's like to be a Jets fan. Oh, the Browns, they blow it. They always choke. Uh, I'm trying to think of another team. Um, these teams that are – I hear it all the time. It's the same type of thing when when fan bases will say, oh, the refs are against us. Like no, The refs don't care about you. <laughs> Referees – nobody cares about who wins your game. You care, and you're worked up about – what an impartial person is doing because it affects your team. Nobody cares except you. So don't, I hate conspiracy theories. Those are the worst too. Take for instance, the the new England Patriots. There's all this talk. Oh, the Patriots get every call. They get every call. They give get every call. They have a call go against them. And then what the Patriots fans post? Oh, we, we, the NFL is out to get us. No crazy, crazy fanatics of all teams out there. Nobody cares about your team except you. Referees don't care about your team. I see a bad call in a, in a Rams game. It is what it is. Those guys don't care about the fact that I like a Rams team. And as far as suffering goes, all the, every fan base, we're talking football, but but think of it. I mean, uh, the Mets, the you know Dodger fans, I, the Cubs, the Cubs forever. Oh, we won a World Series in 100 years. Well, well who cares? People in Los Angeles have been rooting for a, a World Series since 1988. Well, just because you're 90 years old and you haven't seen one? Well, tough luck. I'm sorry. That's insensitive. I shouldn't say those things. But it's true. It's the Cleveland Indians. There's another one. Cleveland Indians. Um, for a while, it was the Red Sox. They've now gone on a tear. There's no rhyme or reason to these things. Some organizations are run poorly, and maybe there's some bad luck, but but luck happens. Luck is a sheer chance, and yes, it happens to more people, more bad teams than good teams, I guess, but it's just hilarious to me when sports teams get all worked up over, oh, the NBA, they're, they're against the Lakers. They've always been against the Lakers, and then you got – 20 other fan bases saying, oh, the NBA loves Lakers. They want, they always want the Lakers in the finals. It's, <laughs> it cracks me up, especially especially when, when fan bases attack officials. Call it a bad call. Say it's a ter- terrible call, but don't start it on the, on the conspiracy theories. Oh, they, they just – they don't like the Buffalo Bills. Who's they? There's no they – you're just mad because you like a team and other people don't. I get mad at people in L.A. because they don't like my Rams. Should I be mad? No, I shouldn't because people have other teams and other lives and other perspectives. I wish you were more L.A. Rams fans, but it is what it is. There's 49er fans. There's Cowboy fans. And, oh, those teams specifically. Oh, 49ers, they're always lucky. 
what what does that mean lucky this isn't the lottery like (laughs) there's lucky plays there's lucky games but you know what the beauty of professional sports college whatever sports is that it's teams competing and when you're competing and mistakes are made by all kinds of people there there, there there's human elements to these things People make mistakes. People execute plays better. People, uh, you know what? <laughs> it's all it's all chance. And yes, sometimes the fine the line is so fine between who's better, who's worse. But it's the same reason we get all kinds of great upsets too. When someone who maybe shouldn't beat somebody does, there's all kinds of elements you have to do your part to to make sure you're doing your very best. And as for fans, there's there's nothing you can do. Cheer your hardest, wear your colors, whatever you want to do. Be if you think you you make a difference in in a game by how loud you yell, hey, great for you. Some places they do in football with crowd noise and everything. But don't act like you're the ones practicing every day. You're the ones putting in all this work all year round. And then you're like, oh, we got screwed again. (laughs) It's ridiculous. We got screwed again by the refs. They don't like our team. No one likes your team except you. You just can't see that. Uh, Anyway, those are my thoughts today on Tuesday. Just rambling along here. Uh, I hear some negative things out there, so I get these weird ideas that I, I figure I'll just share with you guys. But we will uh, move on. <laughs> we'll get to our guest today. Nick Preciato was a player of mine. I coached him when he was in seventh and eighth grade, real humble prep graduate. He now lives in Nevada, Las Vegas, Nevada, Henderson, Nevada, to be exact. And he's going to tell us about what that transition was like being someone who lived in California, grew up in California and now lives out there, kind of what it's like, what to expect, because there's a lot of people like me who would really like to move out of this state, and uh, the Las Vegas area is definitely a, a, a uh, possibility along with other, other places, but a lot of Californians are going there, so we're going to chat with Nick. It was a lot of fun uh, hearing from him and, and catching up with him, uh, hearing, you know, seeing him all grown up, but at the same time, he's, he's still the young kid that I coached all those years ago. So we bashed heads when he was a player. That's for sure. We'll tell a few stories there, uh, but just a lot of fun catching up with Nick. So let's get right to it. We'll take a quick break and then we'll get right to our interview with Nick Preciato. Okay. Joining me today is Nick Preciato. He is joining us from Henderson, Nevada, just outside of Las Vegas. Uh, you know, I, coached Nick uh, quite, a wh- quite a while ago. I was in college and, and Nick was in seventh grade, eighth grade. He went on to have a great high school career. He has now moved out to Nevada after, uh, after some time in uh, California. I got to see him recently, actually in February when I was working at UNLV. So uh, let me welcome him to the program. Nick, welcome. Yo, Matt, what's going on, man? Good to hear you. <laughs> you too. <laughs> You too, brother. Well, I just want to make sure, um, uh, you know, I said everything correctly. Uh, I know Henderson is kind of the, the, the big city, but but now I'm thinking that maybe I might have had it wrong because uh, I saw a few people in, 
in Vegas when I was there in February. Are, are you guys – you guys aren't Henderson, right? You're just yeah, outside we are another? Henderson. We are the Green okay. Valley area, Henderson, Green Valley. Yes, sir. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Well, uh, you know, Nick, uh, I was umpiring at UNLV, mm-hmm. and I knew, that, I knew that you had lived there. And so, or we're living there. So I hit you up and we got to have, uh, got to meet up after a, a game and, and have a beverage. I got to meet your wife, which was awesome. Yeah, and then you, you know, guys, great. and then you were, you made it out to a, to a ball game uh, the next day. Also got to see college baseball. So it was great seeing you. And I, I had not seen you in, I don't know how many years. Yeah, dude, I don't even remember. Honestly, it was probably, dude, I don't even remember the last time I saw you before. I mean, I had you on Instagram and all that, but. <laughs> Other than that, I like, dude, it has, it's been a minute. It's been a solid minute, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, well Nick, uh, the first I, I remember about you is, uh, you know, your early Terry Youth League. Um, what, what was life like growing up for you? Uh, what what, what kind of got you into Carry Youth League? And then you eventually went into Rio. But tell me about the early days of just playing sports as a kid. All right. So the early days, I uh, my brother was actually in Care. One of our our close family friends we had like we were the same my brother and him Virgil Virgil Shavira actually I don't know a lot of people know him uh they my brother and him were the same age so our parents were close so they were like hey let's put them in care you know it's a Christian organization let's do it so they put my brother and Virgil and they played for the Tigers and Mark was actually their coach Mark I think Mr. Reed or Mark something like that um (laughs) back in the day and then my brother liked it so my parents were like hey Nick like let's put you in too so then I went and uh, I started off as a tiger with uh, with Jim Davis. Yeah, so Jim Davis was my coach. Uh, I had like Jimmy Davis on my team, Ronnie Tanell. I don't know some of those guys. Uh, they were on my team, and I went. I think it was like kindergarten, first grade, and then for some reason my parents they pulled me out. I don't know exactly why. I never really asked them, but they took me out. I really enjoyed care. I don't know. I enjoyed care, you know, doing all the sports. I I really loved going to camp. That was something that I really enjoyed. I don't know why, but like doing going to the winter camps was really fun. So, uh, I would, what's going I, on over there? It sounds like you got something going on, Nick. You're kind of moving around. My or... dog is just my dog's in here, and I'm and I'm trying to get him out. And sorry about that. Can you hear me now? <laughs> I, I can hear. Yeah, any noises that go on in the background, I, they kind of come through. So, uh, it, my, it, yeah, I'm I, sorry. I'm gonna kick him out. He's trying to like hump my leg, and I'm like, "Gosh, get away!" Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, my wife let him in, and I'm like shooing her away. All right, all right, I'm back. You got my full attention now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, let me just lock the door. Hold on. You know, you... lock the door. I'm not letting anyone. <laughs> yeah, he was like humping my leg. I was like, no, <laughs> so I can focus. Oh shoot. Oh, that's funny. All right. Oh, my All goodness. Right. You got the same attention span as when you were in eighth grade, dude. Yeah, for real. But it was the dog. I was like, damn. He's literally <laughs> humping my leg. And I'm like, oh, get away. And I'm like shooting my wife away. <laughs> oh, that's why I lost the attention. Okay. So where was I? I'm back in care. Okay. So Jim Davis was my coach. Um, stayed for like, I, think, I don't remember if it was kindergarten first. Loved it. Loved everything about it. I can't remember why, but my parents pulled me. Um, I think they wanted me to play like city baseball. They just thought it was more competitive. So they were like, they want me to put, um, they wanted me to play city baseball. So then I went, I left. I don't, and then I was just playing city league. I think I was just playing city league from like, like I said, I don't know if it was second grade till fourth grade or something like that. And then fifth grade came along and my parents were like, Hey, we want to put you back in uh, football. 
And I was like, well, I don't want to play. I think it's the West Covina Bruins. I was like, I don't want to play for them. So my parents were like, what about care? And I was kind of like, uh, okay, like I'll do it. Um, so I played, it was, I was only supposed to play football for them. I wasn't supposed to stay longer, but then I played football and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the guys. I played with like Chris Yamas and those guys. And I was a Cardinal. I came back and I was a Cardinal cause I lived in West Co. And, uh, after that, I, like I said, I enjoyed it, was supposed to leave. And then my parents were like, Hey, like, why don't you just play basketball for them? Like, you know, like, why not? So I said, okay, you know, why not? I'll play basketball for them. I wasn't doing anything. I didn't play city basketball. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. And then I played for them. We ended up, uh, that was a fun year. Cause we were, I think we were fifth grade and we were like, we had like super, like, like super good guys, like, uh, Ify Mudu. And we had like Chris Adams. So our team was like stacked. Like we were like tall, like we were the team. Like we were, we were like super good. Not me. I was somehow made the, the A team somehow. I don't know why Mr. Horton put me on that team, but I made it. I would like, I would go in like a few times, like miss shots. And I, I don't know, but we were on a really good team. And then uh, we ended up losing to the Indian, like Ed. Somehow we lost by like three points, to, like Ed, JT, Charles Quintero. Yeah. yeah that was like, one of the biggest. Nick, I was, I was, I was referee in that game. Yeah, uh, dude, you remember that? You he, that was probably the biggest upset in Kerry Youth League history I've yeah. ever seen. <laughs> I just remember, like, I was like, wait, we were undefeated. We were undefeated through football. We were undefeated, like, through basketball. And I just remember playing them and being like, oh my gosh, like, we all were just crying because I just couldn't believe we lost. I was like, how did yeah. they beat us? Like, and they were like. They were good. Ed was like dropping threes. JT was dropping. Threes. It was crazy, but fun times. And then, uh, so that happened. And then <laughs> after that, after basketball season, we lose. My parents. You know, stay close. Stay close. Stay close to the mic. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. So after that, my parents, uh, they were gonna pull me, right? They were gonna pull me because I was supposed to play city baseball. So my parents were signed me up for city baseball, and I was good to go. I was gonna leave care, but then my parents were like, "Hey, like." city baseball started before and they were like hey like this is going to be on opposite days of uh care like care was on tuesday thursday we practiced and then city was mondays wednesdays fridays so they're like you could do both so i said okay like you know i knew care wasn't as like i want to i don't even know how to like competitive i guess i want to say not competitive but like as like you know there was like i don't know how you describe it like i don't even know the word for it but i was better and I was going to be one of the better ones in care for baseball. So I was like, oh, okay, like I'll give it a shot. So then I played, I stayed and I was like, okay, this is awesome. Like it was fun to play because I played literally every single day. Like Mondays I had practice for city league, Tuesdays was care. And I would just go back and forth. It was fun because it was baseball every single day for me. I enjoyed it. Great. And uh, that was that. St- ended up staying for soccer. Then the next year I just stayed again because I was like, yeah, why not? So I played with Mr. Murphy. That was fun. And then after that, uh, <clears throat> sixth grade year was up. And then, you know, you typically sixth grade year, you leave. That's kind of it. And Mr. Mm-hmm. Taku ended up calling. And he called my family. and was like, hey, do you want to come back? And I was like, my, my parents asked me once. And I was like, no, I'm good. Like, I'm good. I'm, I don't want to come back. I don't know any of the guys. Like, I don't want to play. So then that was that. Then he calls, like, again. Like, he called once. Then he calls again. And he's like, hey, you sure he doesn't want to come back? And I'm like, still don't want to come back like nah man i'm good and then yeah i was like still like no no i'm still good and then the third time um he calls again and my parents were like man this guy really wants you like you sure you just don't want to go back and i was like well i guess like 
sure, I have nothing. <laughs> I wasn't playing city football. So I was like, all right, I'll guess I'll go back. So I went back and that was fun. Um, Brad was my coach. That was a lot of fun. We ended up uh, playing and winning and stuff. And then I like baseball came around. And I'm like, great. So it was fun. We played baseball. I'm sure you ref the game. We played against Ryan Horton's team and um, they had a really good pitcher. Yeah, I'm sure you, you umped that yeah. game. Yeah. I, I kind of did every game in care, like, because I was yeah. the only guy who, who would ever do it. Everyone else never never wanted to do it. They did like it and yelled at it. I was like, well, I'd rather umpire a baseball game than yeah. work in or, or flip burgers or something. So, yeah, I was always kind of the – You were always the rep. I always remember seeing you. Like, it was always – I don't remember who else, but I remember it was always you. It was funny. It was always the Pac-12 <laughs> at the time. Yeah, it was so funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy – that's where I got my feet wet, man, and kind of yeah. started – to really like uh, officiating. And, you know, I, I, as you went into seventh and eighth grade, I was, mo- that's, I was still, I, I always officiated, even it, when my early years of, of RHLA and everything. But when I started coaching you guys after, after I graduated high school, um, you know, seventh, you were in seventh grade, eighth grade. I mean, it was just a blast working with you guys. And I know that you and I, <laughs> we talked about this in front of your wife, uh, when we talked in February, but you and I definitely bash heads a little bit. You were, oh, yeah. were you were an outspoken <laughs> uh, teenager, and I was, I was pretty hard on you at times. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> hey, but I, I, <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how you guys dealt with me. Like I was thinking back, like I look back and I'm like, dude, I would have like been like, screw this kid, I'm out. I don't, I can't even deal with this kid. Like kick him out or I'm out. Like, oh man, I don't know how you dealt with me. Like, it's crazy thinking about it. You and Renzo and. I'm just going, and you and Todd too, and I'm going. How did they deal with me? Like, I don't blame. Well, you, you were such a, you were, yeah. What? Oh, I was going to hold that thought, but you, you were always, uh, you were very. I mean, you were a smart aleck too. You, you'd oh, like yeah. that, and you would say like, "You guys don't even get paid for this," and I'm yeah. like, yeah. and I'd be like, "Oh man, this kid is pushing my button big time." <laughs> it's funny because I said I would say that, and then I went to RHLA crazy. You're crazy, you know? <laughs> it's funny how it worked out, but yeah, man. Uh, yeah, like I was, I was saying, though, like, I just remember the time, uh, I think I said something along the lines of, in football, like, I don't know. Like, you kicked me off and out of defense or something <laughs> like that, and I said, no, you'll need me. And then, like, you never put me back on defense. And I was like, dude, this guy's serious. What the heck? And then that whole year, I never played a a championship game, I, basketball. I remember I like missed the bus or something like that. I don't know. I was just a dumb kid. I missed the bus. <laughs> and then baseball season, I said something to James. I don't remember what exactly I said, but then you were like, "Yep, you're not gonna play." And I was like, "Dang it!" So I didn't play like a champion. <laughs> I came back actually. To, I, inning, Todd was like, "Yeah, man, you can go back in." And uh, I went back. Yeah. And I, I got a base hit. It was great. We still lost the game, but. Yeah, dude, the crazy oh, yeah. times. It was, it's crazy to think about it, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how. You yeah, know. I was. I was a defensive. Crazy. I was a crazy. defensive coordinator, and yeah, you were mouthing off. Or I could. The thing about you, and I told you this as a kid, I was like, Nick, whether you like it or not, you're a leader. The way you operate is the way other guys are gonna also go. So when you were kind of talking back or whatever you were doing, I was like, you know what? I'm in charge of the defense. Uh, you can play play elsewhere. You can play offense, but it was like I, it was uh, it was the only uh, only uh, tool I could use at that time. And I said, you know what? Uh, we got a pretty good team. Uh, 
and, and you said that you said, Oh, you're going to need me on defense. And I was, and that only fueled me more. I was like, Oh, okay. He wants to push me around <laughs> some more. And, and I remember it's the championship game. And, and I, don't, I don't think we gave up a touchdown or something happened. And Todd turned to me and he was like, Hey, are you sure we can't use Nick? And I was like, I've told you this for weeks now. Uh, no, <laughs> we go down. this is the way we're going down. And but he wanted to put you in. And I told Todd, absolutely not. And, uh, uh, oh, but man. Came and it was great. And, and I, I wanted to use you. Trust me. I, I, I just, <laughs> I drew a line in the sand and you crossed it. I went begrudgingly. I was like, Oh, he's our best player. But you know what? Nope. Yeah. Not, not. <laughs> not. <Yep. laughs> That's right. Crazy. I, I guess it helped me that I'm like the same size I am now that I was in junior high. So it was like, I was just so much bigger than everybody. It was great. It was so fun, but those were good times, man. Those were, those were good, good times. Yeah. Well, you, you went into high school, Nick, and you had a very successful high school career. Um, you, you won a CIA football championship, had some great football teams. Um, you know, you, you were the school president, uh, Rihondo prep, which is something I know you never saw yourself becoming, but uh, I know I was extremely proud of, of you for doing that. And, and a lot of people I know, uh, you know, really looked up to you, and it was a it was a really good thing for you and for the school to be the president. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I remember, like I, like I think I messaged it, um, mentioned it in my speech. I said something like, "You told me back in junior high, like you're going to be school president one day," and I kind of laughed, like, "Whatever, like, no, I'll be lucky if I even they don't kick me out," you know. <laughs> and then, sure enough, man, I don't know. I, I was school president. It was crazy, you know. It was great though, you know. I. I I can't complain. I really like, I love care. I love everything I went through in care. I'm really happy. Like Todd and you and everybody, he really gave me all the chances, you know, because it, it really helped me in my life. You know, a lot of things you learn, I like, I learned, like I still use care. I still use to this day, you know? So <laughs> I, I can't complain. You know, it, it was awesome. I enjoyed it. Um, I can't say anything bad, you know? Uh, well, I wouldn't change anything. Wouldn't change anything. I'm so glad I went to Rio. It, it was a good time. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and it's not always the same path for all of us, but I think the people that go through the organization and through the school, you, you do take certain things with you and people go into all different walks of life and various avenues with their career. But, but it is uh, one big family, one big brotherhood. And uh, you know what, like you said, a lot of other people have said that on this podcast is they take, all the lessons they learned that they didn't even know they were learning at the time. And they, and they still uh, take them with them whatever, wherever they go in life. Right. No, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, you know? well, Nick, what was life like after high school for you? I mean, you said, you said you were in RHLA, you stuck around for a little while at Cary youth league helping out there. Um, you know, you were going to, to school, I'm assuming, but what was college life like for you? And just as a, as a young adult adult in your early twenties, so I, uh, like, like you said, I went to RHLA. I decided to go to RHLA. I didn't know kind of, uh, what I wanted to do. Like, you know, RHLA, I loved RHLA. I loved the guys I was hanging out with all the time. I loved coaching with AJ. Uh, we got to coach the PAC 12. That was a lot of fun. Um, but the, I just, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life at that point. I knew like at the time, okay, I'll go to college because college is what you kind of do. So I'll go to college and I'll be in RHLA, but I really didn't know where I wanted to take, like what, what I wanted to do really. That was just came with down to. And, uh, I think, uh, I was in RHLA just, it, I just went separate way. You know, I, I, I had no hard feelings. Um, I ended up leaving 
and Jim Davis um, ended up. Uh, I, I for some reason I, I I mentioned the people that I wanted to get into construction because I knew I liked building stuff. Like when I was a little kid, I liked to play with Legos and build stuff. So I knew I wanted to like build and use my hands. So Mr. Horton was like, "Hey, why don't you do construction?" So I was like, "Okay, great. You know, I'll do it." Then uh, Jim Davis, uh, who was my coach previously before, like in second grade. Uh, hit me up and was like, "Hey, I'm I'm starting a cabinet company. Uh, I'm working out of my house in Glendora. We're, you know, we do all these houses in Pasadena, high end homes. Like, um, I like to hire you." And I said, "Well, I don't know anything. Like, I have no tools. I don't know anything." And he said, "Okay, it's all right. I'll teach you everything. I'll teach you literally everything for for cabinets." So <laughs> I said, "All right, yeah, sounds good." And then the rest is history. He literally taught me everything to using a saw down to like uh, down to building an entire kitchen. That guy, one of the best carpenters and cabinet makers I've ever seen. And uh, yeah, he taught me everything I know for doing cabinets and finished carpentry and all that stuff. Now it's like I could like I said, I could literally build a kitchen, my own kitchen, however I want it. Custom kitchen. Um and like I said, he, he kind of took me off to where I am now. Um, I know I'm sorry. I'm, I know I'm going ahead of our thing. But uh, yeah, he from that, uh, he ended up taking off and leaving to go to um, I think he lives in Tennessee now. And once he left, I, I kind of went with another guy for a little bit that I wasn't making. Enough, I wasn't making a good amount of money and I wanted to kind of do do more. So then I hit up a. Uh, um, put my application out i know how to do this that this and a company called reborn cabinets hit me up and i was like oh great so ever since then i've been doing cabinet refacing i don't know if much much people hear that but it expanded what i know so now i'm doing cabinet refacing cabinet installs um and yeah it just that's kind of where my life kind of went and and then after that actually and then i'm gonna go even further i'm sorry matt if i'm going ahead of the game brother no game plan Okay. <laughs> um, so after that, you know, my, I was working with this company and they were showing me everything, how to do the refacing and all that. And you know, I was making decent money in California, but, and then I got engaged. So I was like, I, you know, I want to get married. I found the love of my life. Uh, actually at another church and uh, at Christ Church of the Valley, which everybody I'm sure knows out in Covina. And uh, after that, my company said, Hey, we're starting up in Vegas. Does anyone want to move out? And there's about 30 installers at my company. And I look around and I'm like, and nobody's raised in their hand. And they're like, hey, yeah, we'll pay for your move. We'll give you a raise. We'll give you that. And I was like, I look around and nobody's raising their hand. And like I said, I was engaged at the time. So I was like, man, and I was looking at housing pricing. And I'm like, dude, it's so expensive in California, even back in 2016. <laughs> and uh, I look at in Vegas. and I'm like, dude, we could buy this. We could get this. You know, I could get all this for what I make. You know, I could get like a nice house and this. And then uh, after that, uh, you know, that kind of happened in our meeting. There's, there's about, like I said, 30 installers and none of them raised their hand. And I'm going, oh, man, like I could, I could be the guy to go. So I, t- I come home. I talk to my wife and my fiance at the time. And I'm like, hey, like this is what they mentioned. Like I'd be down for it. I don't know if you are, but, you know, if you want to, this is an option. And then she was like, oh, OK, you know, kind of whatever, you know, all right. And then the next day she just comes, I think she just like prayed about it that night or something. And then the next day she's like, Hey Nick, like I'm down to go to Vegas. She's like, let's do this. Let's go. Like if your company's for it, let's go. So I said, Oh, okay. Let's, let's do it. (laughs) 
and uh, I told my company. They ended up saying, okay, sounds good. We'll go get you out there. And then they transferred me out here, uh, gave me a company vehicle, um, did a bunch for me and everything. I ended up coming out here, buying a house, fixing it up. Um, then just happened. It was like in a – I bought my house, started in January, started escrow, closed it in April, and then got married. It closed like April like 1st, and then I got married April 8th. So it was like, bam, bam. And it was like, get married, move out here, honeymoon, and get out, but get back out here. So it was like, it was kind of a lot, but uh, it was a, we did a lot of that one short time. But uh, yeah, that got me out here to Vegas. And I love it. I can't complain. Um, I miss my friends. I miss a lot of my friends. I always ask them to come out here and visit. But I, when I go out there, I try to hit them up every so often, but it's tough. But uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of how after RHLA where I kind of went, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, it was, it was cool talking to you about it all and about your story, you know, meeting your wife and everything and how you guys went out there, because I got to tell you, Nick, uh, well, as you said, things happen in, in mysterious ways, kind of uh, the way you were explaining all that. And uh, I think it's great. You took advantage of an opportunity that was in front of you uh being you know being a handyman i think is awesome I, I am the least handy uh, of uh, <laughs> of men out there I, I can't fold a piece of paper let alone uh you know do some carpentry <laughs> or construction i'm just i'm just terrible so uh we all have our limitations but anyway you know moving to vegas it, it's it's definitely something that's on my mind i i would love to move to either henderson or somewhere in northern arizona something uh, I, I'm ready to get out of California. So <laughs> I said this a few times on the program, but, but what can you tell me about, you know, you're a life, lifelong California kid. And then just what that process has been like moving to Henderson. You don't have many, I mean, you guys both have friends back here in California, but you, you sound like you made it sound like it was a pretty easy transition. Yeah. Well, kind of like it sounded easy at the time, but um, you know, like getting over here, moving everything, that part was like, easy but like i said it the hard part was coming out here literally not knowing anybody so <laughs> that was tough so the first like you know i knew people from my work and that was kind of about it my wife ended up luckily my wife got a job for like a soap company with a bunch of young people um that worked there not, not young people people more our age and uh that ended up working out because we made a lot of friends there that we still she doesn't even work there and we're still friends with them i mean one of my one of her old co-workers weddings now and uh yeah i think that was the toughest part like when we first moved out here we just didn't have friends out here so it was hard to make them you know we had to just it was just like you literally had to go out and try to meet people like that was the thing so when we first moved out for i want to say for about the first year my wife was going back to california kind of a lot almost like once or twice a month she would just fly out there because it's like flights from here to LAX we're only round trip for like 60 bucks from McCarran to LAX so she was fine out there I'd drive out there for the weekend and we were doing a lot of that at first and then we kind of realized uh after the first year you know yeah we made some friends but we didn't really have a lot and we our life was still kind of in California so she, we were just kind of kind of like okay we got to stop going back and we got to just try to meet new people so then we ended up just I don't know how like my wife is really she's the more outgoing one than me so she uh she ended up getting us you know just like meeting people like her barber and then her, i'm friends with her barbers or not her barber her salonist uh her salonist boyfriend stuff like that like 
like just different she just ended up making more friends and we both made friends and everything i'm friends with some of my coworkers now we hang out and uh that i think that was the toughest part was just not having anybody else out here it was just literally us two um so it was fun because we when we got married you know we're just together all the time and it was us just us two but at the same time we got kind of lonely so it, mm. it it wasn't it wasn't all easy even though i i you know kind of like i said i kind of made it seem like it was it was it was it was a little tough at times but well, uh well you um, know i mean it's uh i i think that's that's like hmm i mean i mean pretty much that's like anything really you know, starting a new job, starting a, a new sport with a new team, or going to a new school. I mean, it's not always easy. You, you feel like you're kind of solo at times, mm-hmm. but but uh, I've I've become pretty much a, a homebody these past few months. Oh yeah, don't. Oh, I'm right there with you, man. I'm like me and my wife. We're the same way, especially here in Vegas. You kind of have to be because. It's so hot. Like, like I, I think I told you earlier, it's 97 right now or something like that. But it's always like that. That's like low here for right now. For what is this? It's like the middle of June. You know, um, so you got to be a homebody when you're here in Vegas during the summertime. If you're not going, if you don't have a pool or if you don't, our friends don't have a pool, you got to be a homebody. And that's how you know my wife are, you know, um, we're literally like I come home, I'll shower. Uh, well, she'll, she'll be working. She gets off around five and then. Oh, we'll, we'll eat dinner, watch TV, and then watch some more shows, and then go to bed, and that's our life. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, go out I, tea with I, friends, I, but that's it. Yeah, oh, friends are great, but at the end of the day, I mean, your your life is your life. Your 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 home. You gotta, you know, build from the inside out, and you know, if that's one thing, I mean, I have a lot of friends all over the country, and and that's something that really. I look forward to, to, to eventually moving out of state and, and going to a new place, starting a new adventure because, but, you know, like you said, uh, Vegas to LA or Vegas to wherever, or Eric, you know, wherever you end up, you're not that far away. I mean, right. you, you can right. get back to places rather quickly. I'm sure your, your family cousins see you and you go see them. I mean, yes. you, you know, it's not like you're moving out of, out of a country or something. It's, right, uh, it's, exactly. It's really not that far, like you're saying. It's really, it's really not that far. So that's we do. Hersma, we'd love to have you out here too. You would, it would be great. Oh man, if you moved out, oh, I'd watch all your game. I'd, I'd want to see you <laughs> up and stuff. That would be awesome, dude. That would be so dope. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm kind of in a transitioning uh, phase right now, Nick. Like I, I still umpire college baseball and this and that. But I am uh, looking around for for different jobs, and uh, you know, Vegas. Uh, I never crossed my mind before, but it's definitely a place where there's a lot of opportunities. And mm-hmm. yeah, if something opened up out there, oh man, I, we we would definitely get out there in a heartbeat. But but I will say, uh, you know, w- when you extend the invite recently, uh, you know what? I, I think uh, there may be a definite visit here in the near future. Yes, yes, dude. He- heck yeah, man. Uh, me and my wife, like I said, we have extra room here, so you're more than welcome to stay. And any of my friends listening to this, you guys are more than welcome too. I, I want people to come out here and visit. Like, you know, I'm our, me and my wife's house, is very, we're very open to whoever wants to come out, letting them stay out here. You know, we like to have company, so come out, Hersma. It'd be great. You know, <laughs> Dude, it'd be, it'd be cool. Oh man, you know, hotels are so expensive, so I, I, yeah. I think uh, <laughs> definitely we'll take you up on that offer. And you yeah. know what's funny? 
is people you extend an invitation like that because Vegas is a fun city. Make no mistake oh, about yeah. it. I mean, it's a place that there's a lot of things. That, uh, a lot of people go, uh, you know, a couple times a year to have fun and everything. But uh, yeah, you, you would think that living there, you know, extending invitations to people that you would have a lot of takers. But it sounds like not many people have taken no. you up. On- yeah, dude, like rarely, rarely, rarely do people come. I try to get, like, like I said, AJ, I try to bug him a lot to come out with Dave, try to get those guys. But one of the guys that actually likes to, like, comes out quite often is uh, uh, Frankie Alvarado. I don't know. Um, I don't know how many people know him, but Frankie Alvarado oh, yeah. comes out a lot. Yeah. He's one of What's Frankie up these days? Dude, he, uh, he's, um, he's, he's finishing up school. He's going to Cal State LA. He just got out of APU. He's going to Cal State LA. And uh, he's working at In-N-Out right now, trying to finish up his last year to start moving on to something else. So, yeah, he's just uh, living life. But I, like I said, I talk to him a lot. He comes out here every so often, which is great. We just had him, I think it was two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago, he, we, he just came out. And it was pretty cool because Vegas actually opened up, you know, like the strip opened up, downtown opened up. So we went out to downtown, hung out, um, got some drinks. Just, yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. That's great to hear, man. I, I've always, you know, it, it's great to catch up with you and then hear how other guys are doing because our paths have crossed with many different people. So I love hearing mm-hmm. stories about uh, what guys are up to, that, that, they're, that they're doing good things and very successful. Uh, Nick, I promise you uh, right now and right today in the, in the month of June here that uh, I will get out <laughs> and visit a, yes. a couple of times and you're gonna have to tell me uh, hey st- you need to stop coming out here uh, you will have to tell me to stop visiting uh before i before i stop uh you know uh before i uh, don't come out there anymore so we, we will definitely take advantage of that valerie and i would love to come out sometime so so yes if, if you if the offer is there the I offer is there, first of all. The okay. offer is there yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll have yeah. some good times i it was our time was limited uh when i was there in february but it was really cool to, to meet your wife and to, to hang out with you. Uh, I know you were kind of in shock. Uh, <laughs> in yeah, shock. it surprised me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, he remembers? I, honestly, I was kind of like, wait, he remembers me. Like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'm down. Like, awesome. Because I, like I said, I would see your Instagram, you know, and all that. I don't have Facebook. But uh, I would see you on Instagram here and there. And, um, yeah, and then you hit me up. And I was like, oh, heck yeah. Like, you know, just somebody <laughs> visiting. I was like, great. If you're out here, just hit me up. Like, I'm always down to hang out, you know? So oh, well, it was awesome that you hit me up. I thought that was really cool. Oh, of course. The one yeah. and only Nick Preciato, man. Uh, no, I, a lot of people texted me when you made that comment in your speech back in high school about, uh, I mean, I, that when it happened, it was like right away, oh, Nick, Nick mentioned you, Nick mentioned you, because I was out of the picture at that time as far as care goes. And everything. Uh, so that was a special moment. So I always appreciated that, Nick. And uh, but but as far as Vegas and Henderson goes, I know a lot of people, a lot of friends of mine have moved out there and, and they don't regret it for a second. They absolutely love it. It, it is hot, but they love mm-hmm. just uh, that it's completely different from California. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, it's hot. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's hot like June, July, August. It's it's miserably hot. So I can't, and there's no denying that. Like it's miserably hot. Like you just have to stay indoors. You just like, well, what I tell people is you go, what my wife always says too, is you just go from your AC house to your AC car to the AC grocery store. So you're just, you're not outside for that long. You're not, nobody's running, nobody's going on jogs and 
you're not doing that. Like if you go out for jogs and you like to do that, then this is not going to be the place for you during that time. Cause it's, it's hot. Yeah. There's yeah. no denying that. But, oh, for sure. But you know, it's hot a lot of places and it's definitely yeah. more hot. There. Uh, but, but you know what, if it's a hundred degrees here in California, it's 115 in, in the, you know, the Vegas area. Hey, yep. I mean, you said you're not out there running marathons anyway. You're going right. to be indoors. Exactly. <laughs> that's it. That's it. There's no way around it. But other than that, you know, like people think like Vegas is hot, but um, other than that, like springtime and wintertime, it's great. You know, wintertime it gets, I mean, it'll be like 55, 65, you know, it's usually like in the sixties, like the high in the wintertime is sixties um sometimes it's like 40s which is like great because i like it cold um Mm -hmm. and then spring is just awesome it's like 70s 80s it's great you know and then the same thing with uh fall you know spring and fall it's 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 really good but just the summertime is it's killer man (laughs) you have to you actually have to get used to it and adjust because you can't like just for little things like for example when you go to the grocery store it's so hot you can't if you have like uh frozen stuff and you throw it in your trunk you have to go like straight home. You really can't, you don't have time to like go somewhere else. Cause that's going to melt wherever you have, it's going <laughs> to melt or you have to throw, you literally like, you can't do anything. And so it's like things like that are different, you know? Cause it's just, like I said, it's just so hot, but um, you get used to it. Like I said, you get used to it. You use, you, you get to, you deal with it, I guess is the way to say it. You, you more deal with kind of like traffic. You just deal with it. You don't get used to it. You just deal with it. But uh, yeah. Definitely. Yes, sir. Well, 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 Nick, what can you tell me as a as a Vegas resident now? Uh, we chatted on this again a little bit in February, but just the the, the Las Vegas sports scene. I know that uh, I was there I, the the night after. Kind of, we hung out. I got to go to the the Kings and Golden Knights game. That was fantastic, unbelievable arena. Mm-hmm. The Golden Knights fans are passionate. They love their their team. Uh, you got the uh, Las Vegas Raiders starting up here in in uh, September. I mean, what can you uh, tell me about the Las Vegas sports scene? It seems like uh, there's some very passionate sports fans out in Las Vegas. Oh man, dude, these Vegas golden Knights fans, it's the people that were like born and raised here. Those are the most of the golden Knights fans. And those guys are like die hard. Like they are so passionate about their team. It's awesome. It's really cool to see, you know? Um, And like I said, they're, they're, these are die hard, but it's funny because, like I said, they're diehard for their Golden Knights because they're the Las Vegas team. But the Raiders, you ask the same people about the Raiders, and they're like, "No, they're not my team." They're, like it's it's like everybody like that too. They're like, "No, that's not our team." They don't like. It's like they don't want them because they're you know they're not really Las Vegas. They're, I mean, they are because they're here now, but they're just kind of like, "No, they're not our team because they're not. They didn't start here. They're they're really like I said, they're really passionate about their." They're golden knights, but when it comes to the Raiders, they're just like they do not yeah. care. You know, it's it's funny how it worked out for me. I'm still me and my wife. We've always um she got me into the Kings, so I'm a Kings fan, and I still will be. Good woman, you got yeah. a good woman. Yes, yeah, sir. <laughs> so we're Kings fans. It's fun to go when the Kings play the Knights, especially when it's here, because somehow even though the Kings are bad, they manage to beat the Knights. So it's great. I get a laugh in everybody's face. It's awesome. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still I'm still a Kings fan. So I I'm like the you know, same thing with the Raiders. I I've never for me I I love football and I love the NFL, but I've never had a my own team. So I, I'm not going to say the Raiders are my team. I'll go to a couple games here and there, but can't say they're my team. 
I like that. I like that you are a fan, but you don't have a team because there's not many people out there like that. There are a few, yeah. but I, I truly respect that because I think loving the game is is more important almost than than loving loving a team. So I'm yeah. a huge LA Rams fan. I always will be, no matter where I move. But yeah. uh, just the NFL game itself uh, is is a lot of fun, and so is hockey. And I gotta yeah. tell you, man, I will definitely get back to that that uh, T-Mobile Arena. That was that was incredible. Hopefully for another uh, LA Kings game. Yeah. I mean, some of the combat sports. I mean, boxing and MMA. Yeah. City for that. I mean, they, there's tons of events every year yeah. out there. So Vegas is a great sports town. And even if they're not embracing the Raiders, uh, you know what? You definitely know people there love their football and their basketball and, and all sports, really. Yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. Like you're saying, it's more – there's a lot, like, here, you know, just not with the sports, but in, in like, everything. Like, there's so much to do. Like you're saying, the T-Mobile Arena, there's – there's. I went to a Pac-12 um, – in the, at the Pac-12 championship game, I think it was uh, last year or two. Oh yeah, when Oregon Oregon won it uh, for the men's. <laughs> yeah, I went. I was at that game. It was a lot of fun. Um, Oregon won it or lost? I don't remember. They think they played Washington. I can't remember. But I went to that one. You know, that was a lot of fun. And downtown, me and my wife last year, we went to Life is Beautiful, the music festival. That was a lot of fun. You know. Um, so yeah, they, they have these arenas, and and there's a lot to do here. So it's it's a lot oh, of fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. A lot, a lot of fun. So, Nick, with this whole COVID lockdown, how, how has life changed for your wife and yourself? Uh, are you guys working less? you working from home? Uh, what's kind of the whole situation been and the whole impact of the uh, lockdown? Well, my wife, uh, fortunately, uh, it worked out, actually, uh, for her. So my wife, right before the lockdown, she I want to say in like December, she got a job working for Zappos. So I'm sure I'm, most people know what Zappos is, the shoe company. They're right there in downtown Las Vegas. She's working for them. And uh, she, uh, fortunately for her, you know, uh, Zappos is like um, their Amazon-owned company. So you buy stuff online. And luckily for her, she's working from home now. So they were just like, hey, we're still working, but they're just working from home. So same pay, same everything. So it's great. She just wakes up and she's at work. So it worked out for her her it's awesome you know everything's great um for me uh my company took a big hit we like i said we're in the construction or remodeling so when this all happened my company was like no more bonuses no you know they were cutting people's pay work we knew it was going to slow down a lot especially here in vegas um so there was still work because once the lockdown hit you know people for me, it's construction, so we sell the job, and then in about five weeks, we install it. So we, we still had work for about a month and a half, but after that, it just, like, slowed down a lot. So it was kind of tough, um, but my work, fortunately, they kept me busy working through it, so it didn't really change too much for me. Um, like I said, they just took a couple, they took a bonus away from, from me and some of the other employees, but other than that... Um, it, it wasn't too much of a change. You know, obviously now we're wearing the mask, um, going into people's houses. Um, but yeah, it's, other than that, not too much. You know, like I said, slow down. Now it's everything's picking back up. Once people got their checks, their, uh, what are those called? The stimulus checks? Man, everybody was like, let's do our bathroom. Let's do our kitchen. So things actually <laughs> picking back up now, which actually works out great. I mean, I guess everybody's quarantined at home, seeing their 
bathrooms and they're like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. So people are just remodeling them. So work's picking back up again. It's great. Can't complain. Um, so it didn't, like I said, it didn't change too much for us. The only difference was me and my wife, we love going out to eat. That's something we love to do is just always go out to a nice dinner. Um, that had to stop. So that was unfortunate, but I mean, I understood. Um, but like I said, other than that, Vegas is really getting back to normal. Um, we're not a, like, you always have to wear your mask state. So, you know, I, I, there's some people that wear, you go to the grocery store, there's some people wearing their masks, some don't. You go out to eat and everything, you know, you go out to eat, everything's open. Um, the strip is back open. Most of the casinos, some are not open. I think they're opening this week. Downtown was completely open. So, other than that, everything's pretty much getting back to normal. Um, the thing is, place, like I said, places close earlier, but I, I can't complain, you know. I'm um, I'm corona-free, so <laughs> it's good. I, I, I can't, like I said, I can't complain. Nothing's, nothing's changed too much, um, too, too much. So, and it's, like I said, it's getting back to normal, so can't complain. But uh, well, well, normal is a good thing. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of people affected by this, not just those who've been infected, but the people that have lost their jobs, that have right. had to work less hours. Uh, there's been a, there's been a lot of people on unemployment. I'm I'm one of them. I mean, I, yeah. I want to get back to work myself. I'm excited for maybe some new chapters in my life, and and this has been kind of a pause button for uh, for myself and for a lot of people too to kind of reflect and regather your your thoughts and your, your direction. So that's kind of how I've used this time. It's been great catching up with people as well. Uh, yeah, but. But I'm glad I'm glad the things are working out. And Vegas seems like they're they're heading in the right direction. They're 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 leading the charge, if you will. And uh, you know, with the type of city that Vegas is, I mean, they they really do need. <laughs> they're they can only really function under their normal uh, function. It's, yeah, they play with too much. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, I went to downtown and they, like you said, they really need to function, like they need everything open in order to function. So I went to downtown and I was like, you know, I was expecting to like, I was expecting basically every other, um, every other, like, uh, what are those slot machines to be open? But no, you, every slot machine was open. Um, the only difference that I really noticed is like everybody's wearing masks. Some of the, the mm-hmm. tables, they had like the plastic around it or like the acrylic around it, you know, the clear glass around it. Um, and then there's just sanitizer everywhere. <laughs> That's like the <laughs> only difference, honestly. Other than that, there's not much difference. I'm like, man, this is like, we just like degap over here or something. But I, I was like, I don't, <laughs> worry. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> whatever we got to do. I mean, whatever we got to do to get back to uh, not being quarantined. I, I'm, I'm yeah. all. I, I'm not a huge fan of wearing a mask and stuff, but I'll, yeah. but I'll do it. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. I, I definitely have washed my hands a lot more than I used to. And, oh, yeah. and we, we can all do better in that regard. But oh, yeah. uh, man, I think opening things with a, with a few adjustments and restrictions is, is still better than not being open at all. I mean, yes, I agree. Yeah. People need know, their jobs back, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we yeah. can't, we can't stay unemployed forever. We can't be afraid to go out. And right. There's a lot of risks concerns in this life and, and if we if we kind of live in fear forever you know nothing will ever get done so yeah, uh, that's life but honestly, you know none of us want to but we got we just got to be careful i think when we go about our lives 
Right now, correct. It's like now, you know, before I wouldn't, I would, I would, you know, obviously I wash my hands and stuff, but not like how I do now. And now I'm always carrying around sanitizer, hand sanitizer, something I never used to do before. But now it's just, just you, I kind of made it a habit, just always carrying around hand sanitizer, you know. <laughs> but uh, it's funny how it works out. But yeah, that's that's just what's going on. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, that's that's great stuff, man. Well, uh, what Nick, what what are your thoughts on kind of some of the other stuff going around in the country right now? I know there's been a lot of protests. There's been uh, some violent actions. I, I know a, a Las Vegas police officer is is uh, fighting for his life, and yeah. you know, it, it's it to me, it's all been a very unfortunate time. I I I think protests or well, the violent protests anyway, you know, kind of the rioting, I think that's dying down a bit, which I'm, which I'm happy about. Right. Uh, because I think if we're going to move forward with any progress, I mean, we, we can't really do that when, when things are on fire and things are, you yeah. know, uh, all this chaos. So what was it like? Were there a bunch of protests in Henderson, uh, Vegas? Um, How has it kind of been out there? So, um, yeah, I, I, I honestly, I, some of it's crazy. Um, I, I haven't gone to any of it, obviously. Um, there has been some protests, but it's all like on, it's on the strip, you know, um, mm. it's on the strip. It's at, on downtown, out in downtown, actually right by my wife's work, but she's not going to work or anything. Um, like you were saying, it was violent. Uh, some of it was violent, not all of it, but some of it was violent. We ended up, uh, what's it called? Uh, I, well, my one of my wife's friends, who she's actually going out to dinner with tonight, she is a cop, and she works in Summerlin, which is a nice area. But over there, you know, it's a nice area, so they don't really need that many cops right now. So she's working on the strip, and she was telling us that working on the strip right now as a police officer, she's just like, it's like the worst thing. She's just like, it's the worst time to be a cop. She was telling my wife that she's gotten um, – people will freeze ice, like uh, – literally freeze um bottles and they throw it at her literally light stuff on fire and throw it at her just for being a cop and i'm just going damn she's like yeah i've seen you know people spit at me she's like i'm just going i don't know how you do it like i i understand why people are upset like what happened was wrong you know what why that officer killed him like nobody could justify that like that was that was totally wrong but um to do this to like officers like she's just like i literally stand there I'm not doing anything and people are throwing stuff at me and calling me names and spitting on me. And she's like, I've seen cop cars get um, set on fire and uh, I'm just going, damn, like, you know, that's, that's, that's tough. I feel, I honestly, I feel bad for, like I said, I feel bad for the injustice too, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like, I I, I don't know. I wouldn't, I can't go over there and, and, what some of those people are doing but like i said that's not all of them it's obviously it's not all of them it's just some oh yeah absolutely and and what what angers me is you know this whole thing is based around discrimination right Right. there there should be discrimination in our country well well what some of these violent protests have done is that they they there's discrimination (laughs) they're discriminating against people for wearing a a uniform right Um, no exactly so it's to me it's backwards and it's not getting anything done um, right. You know, there's people that disagree with me on that, and and right. again, I am. Uh, I've said this many times. You want to you want to disagree with me? Like, okay, that you're entitled to that. It's fine. I mean, there's right and wrong, but there's also the opinions, and and people I think are so afraid to speak out or say something or, or voice an opinion these days. Uh, if it's if it's opposite of what kind of the the, the popular uh, 
you know, social media mob is doing or whatever, because they'll just come after you. And it's like, exactly. dude, it's just an opinion. So I, I myself, you said you don't have Facebook. Uh, I am trying to distance myself. from. Yeah, dude, I wouldn't be able to. I almost want to distance myself from Instagram. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, stop. Like, I get it. Like, oh, my, they're throwing. Uh-huh. I'm like, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Man. You know? Yeah, I, uh, it's, it's time. And you know what? I, I may do that eventually. I mean, I like promoting listenership on the podcast and getting more people to listen and posting things on social media uh, regarding the podcast. But, um, you know, if, if I can't do that, if I can just gather listeners through uh, just, you know, people who tell other people or word of mouth, that's totally fine, too. And you know what? The podcast is, is probably never going to grow to hundreds of people or anything. So, uh, I, I'm proud of, of anyone who listens and you, you don't have to agree with everything that's on the show uh, every single day, but it's just been fun to catch up with people. And unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, social media is just a part of it. Uh, but, but I am slowly moving that direction because it feels like social media is doing more harm than good these days for all of us. Yeah, I, I hear you 100% on that, man. I, I get you. I get you for sure, for sure. What what made you – were you never a Facebook guy or did you eventually Honestly, just say, I don't want to do this? No, I literally never got Facebook. I like No, I think I oh. had one for like – no, I had one for like like a week and then I was like, this is dumb. And then I just like erased it and that was it. <laughs> literally, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I like tell people I never really had a Facebook. But, uh, oh, you're, you're a wise man. So, so you so – you, uh, you and your wife uh, haven't been going out to many restaurants or anything, so – I mean, you're, you're obviously cooking a lot more at home. I mean, what's, yeah, what's yeah. like? Yeah, well, now that everything's kind of opening back up, we're going out. But, uh, yeah, honestly, a lot of cooking at home. A lot of uh, Uber Eats, actually. We, uh, <laughs> we've been doing a lot of the Uber Eats. Uh, that's been cool. But, yeah, just a lot of cooking at home. Barbecue. We have a barbecue, which is great. I like to barbecue. So, uh, oh, man. See, that. see, all that's in time. I'm ready, man. I'm ready to, I'm ready to swing by. and Yes, sir. Uh, let's, let's get after it, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we've been like I said, we've just been doing some uh some carne asada, some chicken, whatever, um, doing some barbecue. But other than that, you know, not uh like the going out. With now, like I said, the going out was starting because everything's really opening back up. But uh, yeah, uh, not not too much, not too much right now. Well, well, Nick, how how are your parents doing? Because I remember them; they were so they were so so respectful. They were just uh, wonderful people. Anytime I you know I was around them and. They, they were, they see, always seem pretty quiet, but they were very, I don't know. I mean, uh, I didn't know them all that well, but, uh-huh. but, uh, you know, I do remember them, uh, when you were a kid growing up and, and uh, you know, what's, what's life like them, for, for them these days? So, so they, they liked you. They, they, they remember you. They, they liked you. They liked you. <laughs> they liked Renzo. They loved, they loved you and they loved Renzo. Yeah. They liked the both of you guys. They obviously like Todd and Mark and everything. They loved Karen <laughs> just in general. So that's why mm-hmm. they put me there. My dad did everything he can to, you know, to put me through care which is great i appreciate that about him and uh no they're they're good my dad's uh actually my dad he's still working um doing the same thing he's been doing he sells rubber stamps he's been doing that and then uh actually his job laid him off so he's been laid off for a while um i think hopefully he goes back soon we don't know just depending on um i don't know exactly but uh, my mom, she works for the school district. She's working at, uh, what's that called? The 
I don't even know the school, but somewhere in West Covina, she works. She's like the lunch lady. So I always call her the evil lunch lady because like she works for an <laughs> elementary school. So I ask her if she's the evil lunch lady. And she says she is because she has to make the food and she's like, it's disgusting. And she has to give it to these kids. And she's like, yeah, it's terrible. But that's what she's been doing. They're going to retire soon. They talked about maybe moving out here, too, um, because, you know, like their house is like double. They could get like something really nice out here for what they sell their house out there for. So they talked about it, but uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure what their uh, plan is. Because my brother, actually, who's he's a few years younger than you. I think he's 32. Graduated in, oh, what was it? Oh, uh, six. Um, he moved back to Glendora, like Glendora, Covina area. And he has a kid that actually my niece is in care. And she's in Pearl, actually. It's funny. So she's... Oh. Can you hear me? Oh, did I lose? oh wait. yeah, there you are. You're yeah, back. sorry. I got a call from somebody. So sorry about that. Oh, um, it happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Mrs. Valerie Johnson's actually my niece's teacher. And she ha- she's actually friends with Mark Carson's kid. It's funny how it worked out. So oh, man. Mark taught my brother. I mean, co- coached my brother. It's funny how it worked out. So my parents are Dude. still in care, actually. They still pick up my my niece from uh, from the new care field right there off the, what was that, the 210? So my mom's still there. People still see her and they're like, hey, Mrs. Preciado. So it's cool. She Isn't loves it. Isn't funny? Yeah, my Isn't, mom loves like it. You you said, know? Things are so funny, Nick. How, like you said, they come full circle, you know. Yeah. You, you got to do, you know, you, you, the work that you did was with Mr. Jim Jim Davis and he coached you as a kid. Now uh, Mark coached uh, coached uh, your, your brother and now his kids are with, I mean, it's just so funny. I, I, yeah. see, I hear these stories all the time. It's just one after another, how small the world is, how how uh, things work out that just in the weird ways they do. I mean, you know, someone's up there with a plan uh, with all this thing, uh, just, just chuckling at some of the ironies and everything. Yeah. It's great. Like you said, it's, it's like literally a full circle. It's crazy how things work out, but it's, it's, it's cool. It's cool. But yeah, that's my parents. So other than that, they're just the same old, they're same old, same old. They're actually wanting to come out this weekend. So fingers crossed they come out um, and just hang out with them. So, yeah. Oh, that'd yeah, be man. fantastic. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, any chance you get to hang out with the family is good. And, and I hope uh, some other people get out to, to see you soon, man. What uh, one way or another. And, and I could promise you, my friend, I, I, I will take you up on that, on that offer. I, yes. I, yes. Please do, man. Please do. I'm ready to take a trip yes. after a trip. Maybe, uh, maybe sometime this summer, even that the, the yeah. heat bother me that much. <laughs> no, man, just let me know. Like I said, you just let me know and I will let you know um, if we're free. And we're, yeah, you could say it's all good. Dude, that would be sweet, man, to catch up and, uh, you know, take our time with uh, catching up from the good old days and all the good stuff. So, well, as we wrap it up here, Nick, anything else you'd like to say as we kind of close out our conversation here? No, man, I think that's it. Pretty much hit it all. Just if anybody wants to come out, open invitation, just let me know. You guys have my number. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you're gonna get you're gonna get a big rush of Californians. I sure been. hope so. I sure hope <laughs> so, man. <laughs> We've all been locked in our homes, man. We're ready to bust out, and now we got uh, the Preciado residents in Henderson to, uh, to to head out to do that. I can't wait. It, it it'll be great to see you, and and Nick, it's been a pleasure catching up with you, man. Thanks for taking the time to talk with me. Uh, my best to you and your wife, and, and uh, you know. As everything moves forward, man, just just good luck with everything, and, and I hope to see you real soon. 
Yeah, for sure. And I just want to tell you, thank you for uh, letting me be on this podcast. It's awesome. You know, I, I love hearing from you. It's great you know, after all these years. So, uh, yeah, just thanks a lot, man. I really do appreciate it. You got it, Nick. Take care. Uh, you too. Another thank you to Nick Preciato. Thanks so much for joining us. It was a lot of fun catching up, man. It really was. Uh, some of the stories were, were entertaining, and I'm just really happy for you and uh, your wife and everything going on out there in Henderson, Nevada. Keep up the great work, man, and uh, we, we will talk very soon. Well, guys, tomorrow's Wednesday, and you know who's on Wednesdays. That would be Bill Barnes. He's back again. The retired police officer will join us. He will have plenty of random thoughts and some strong opinions, as I will tomorrow. Uh, I have a few things I definitely want to touch on. So Bill and I will kind of be venting a little bit about some of the stuff that's been going on around the country. Uh, just, you know, wh- what is enough, you know, when is enough enough kind of with some of these, uh, these actions and everything. And uh, just more of the same, a lot of current events, some, some other things that have happened the past week that we will definitely want to touch on. So be sure to tune in tomorrow for our weekly appearance, our weekly Wednesday weigh-in that is with Bill Barnes. If you've listened to him before, I think you know what uh, you can expect. And if you haven't had a chance to listen before, well, step on on, give him a try. You you might like him. He's uh, got quite a little following on Wednesdays with some uh, fans uh, who've listened to the show regularly, but they usually tune in on Wednesdays specifically to hear more of Bill Barnes. He has very strong language, so <laughs> fair warning to all those out there listening. Anyway, he'll be here tomorrow. We can't wait to do that, to, uh, to have a conversation. We've really enjoyed our past couple of episodes, so really looking forward to putting out another episode again with Bill Barnes. Guys, on Thursday, we have another guest. It will be our first female guest, Shay Munoz. She is a singer. She was in a band with my girlfriend, Valerie, at one point. Very talented musician, very good singer. She's going to be moving to the Nashville area here soon from Bakersfield. So she'll fill us in on kind of what it's like performing in music. That's going to be a lot of fun. And on Friday, we have... Bill Lee, Major Bill Lee, that is, who is in the Marine Corps. He served the country on combat tours. He's going to talk to us about leading men into combat and just what it's like for uh, training young men these days. A lot of fun topics with him. Very long conversation he and I had. That will be out on Friday. Can't wait to share that one with you guys. Uh, That's kind of the upcoming schedule. And again, a big thank you yesterday to Jeff Andrews if you hadn't had a chance to listen to that. But all of our podcast episodes, you can go back and listen to, as we said. Uh, Really excited about the remainder of the guests this week. Once again, thank you to Nick Preciato for joining us today. Can't wait to get more episodes out, guys. We already got some lined up for next week. We're going to continue to put a few together so that we are ready for next week and can provide you really good content. We're really getting excited about some of the upcoming guests, and we'll tell you guys more about that uh, towards the end of the week or even into the weekend. Guys, we are sponsored by the Anchor app. We are run through the Anchor app, so uh, be sure to uh, check out that app uh, if you have any interest in starting a podcast. You can listen to us on many different platforms. Wherever you do, we appreciate it, but Anchor helps us distribute our podcast to various platforms, so big thank you to Anchor. You can follow us on Twitter. Our get home or get home safe pod is our handle. Get home safe pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is get home safe podcast. And our 
email address is gethomesafepodcast at yahoo.com. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can contact us through any of those social media platforms or our email address. Any questions, comments, uh, requests about uh, what to talk about, topics, anything you'd like to do, feel free to reach out anytime. We love hearing from you. Guys, that'll wrap up another episode of the Get Home Safe podcast. Please join us tomorrow for the weekly Wednesday weigh-in with Bill Barnes. We're really excited about it, so we will talk to you then. But guys, whatever you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. Thank you.